Oh, it's only been, what, a year and a half since I did the last one of these? And um, to say I've been uh, living a ridiculous life would be an understatement, to say the least. Excuse me whilst I take my watch off. Um, If you hear any noises in the background, that will be my esteemed neighbor's children who have clearly come home from school or haven't gone back to school. I am not really au fait with... um, back to school and there's my cat trying to claw me Icarus get down no 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 no. it's not about you today go 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 wonderful so yes um podcasts I am a lady of audio and yet I don't have my own audio channel out into the world how ridiculous so this is me um waxing lyrical about whatever comes to mind um I have decided that uh, I'll be utilizing a methodology uh, that has worked quite well for me in my Brazilian jiu-jitsu escapades, and that is uh, the utilization of 100 attempts at something, um, or attending 100 times, or in this case, 100 episodes before I'm allowed to give up. So um, you're going to be joining me as much as you can or as much as you choose to uh, in my endeavors in trying to do 100 uh, episodes once a week is my dedication maximum of maybe 20 minutes maybe longer i don't know i like 20 minutes 20 minutes is fun um just about whatever's on my mind so to start off with things i thought i'd uh, go straight for the jugular oh yes go straight for the jugular and uh pull you in with a rather uh intense not clickbait because there's no clickbait about this it's true it did actually happen uh but a title that um is very very close to me because i feel i'm only now resurfacing from the uh cluster i can't say fuck can i no right the absolute headache um i can't even call it a headache because it wasn't a headache it just it just happened (sighs) ah So, suicide happened on a Monday. That is one hell of a um, opening headline to have. And uh, that is the subject for today's really quick, I, I say really quick, 20 minutes, really quick, quick podcast. So, um, if you've been in any aspect of my world, be it in person, on Facebook, on Instagram, uh, maybe possibly Twitter. I don't think I actually tweeted about this very, very much because it's far too public for my liking. But um, uh, my mother killed herself on Monday, the 6th of May this year, 2019. And um, it's, it's a subject that people, I feel, tend to feel quite uncomfortable talking about. Uh, They don't know how to deal with someone who is um, a a bereaver, a, I suppose, survivor of someone who's uh, committed suicide. I don't know the right terminologies, and I refuse to go and search for them. But, um, yeah, people seem to to not quite know how how to deal with that. And and the the stock responses of, you know, I'm so sorry for your loss and everything is is always hugely appreciated. But um, if a person's moved on, you know, kind of keep up with their pace, keep up with their tempo. Um, at least for me, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not one to, to sit and, and, um, marinate myself in a situation 
um, that doesn't really bring merit to there, there's no point basically if there if there's a point in sitting and wallowing and everything then of course I'll do it but if if I need to focus on moving forwards then of course I'm going to do that uh so yeah my mother killed herself uh on a Monday and uh in the most violently American way I did not mentally prepare myself for it. so um I am a a, a fan and uh practitioner of um stoicism so far as uh i don't have high expectations for a lot of things in life and i mentally and physically prepare myself for worst case scenarios so then i am not surprised or um annoyed by them or you know usually anger is um an unpredicted surprise unpredicted non-predicated surprise, something like that. Anyway, um, it's a surprise. It's a bad surprise. Angry is a bad surprise. Good surprise is a surprise. So, um, yeah, my mom, my mom, uh, took her life in the most violently American way. Um, one could envisage. She shot herself in the head, uh, in her bedroom. Um, <sighs> it's crazy. You know, gun laws, I, I don't want to go into politics of gun laws and everything that's for another day and another time but being allowed to hold such a weapon in your home having it you know open carry closed carry all these crazy um options that people have in america with guns you know they're, they're such finite you know instruments of destruction like you shoot something is going to be destroyed there's no bounce well that you could ricochet but nowadays guns uh, bullets pierce everything you know you, you can get a whatever caliber bullet to pierce you know anything nowadays um so she she had a magnum 0.357 caliber revolver pistol now i know that because um she's shown it to me a few times and in the past i think the last time i went over there um, which I think was probably about s seven or eight years ago, I last visit to my mom in the States. Um, we went to a firing range and we got a whole bunch of guns out. Uh, we, you know, rented a, a Glock, um, some other freaking heavy ass pistol and, um, another semi-automatic. I think we got an Uzi out as well. <laughs> I did not like it. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I did not enjoy um, any of that, but you know, I'm one of these people that will try anything once as long as I'm not hurting other people or myself, um, for the sake of curiosity and understanding. Um, so I shot the guns, I shot her gun. It's not an easy gun to shoot. The torque, um, behind that, that trigger is, is a lot. Like you have to squeeze it a lot. Um, so, you know, that, that's something that keeps on playing in my head so far as, um, the amount of commitment she had to put behind that trigger, um, you know, she, she didn't squeeze with one finger, man. She had to squeeze with both. She had to cup that gun with both of her hands um, and squeeze with two index fingers under her chin for that bullet to be released and get lodged into the middle of her brain and kill her. Um I don't do trigger warnings, obviously. <laughs> if this is too much for you, click off now. 
Um, th this kind of stuff I have no problem talking about. If you find that this is a bit much for you, maybe don't listen to this specific episode. There will be lighter episodes, obviously, but this one um, is very real. It's very raw. It's very much what's going on in my head. It's very much the conversation. People need to be okay with handling. It's a plane going overhead. People need to be okay with handling um, because if you have a friend, a sibling, a partner, um, someone in your world who has to deal with something like this, then you need to be there for them to be able to say things as raw and in your face as they feel they're comfortable with doing. Um, I defaulted to some incredibly dark humor uh, through the entire process of, of dealing with the aftermath of my mother killing herself. And I'm really thankful for my cousin um, who humored me and indeed added to the dark humor cesspool <laughs> that we created. Because uh, without that, um, and a few other friends kind of did the same, without that, I, I literally probably wouldn't have been able to have managed um, getting through the month and a half that I had to get through. So yeah, so so pulling back into, into the situation, um, for someone to kill themselves like that, you know, you're, you're tired. You are going to be completely tired of whatever bullshit you've been struggling through for however many years you've been fooling yourself into thinking, just one more day, just one more day, everything will be okay with just one more day. Now, I can say that from a point of experience, obviously failed experience, because I'm stood, sat here, stood here, I'm sat here alive uh, talking to you, <laughs> um, but you know, and I, I uh, have three marks on my NHS record for attempted suicide. So I understood, understand exactly where my mother was coming from and where she was headed to. Um, brave, seemingly brave, you know, I'm, I'm using quotation marks, I'm you know, using the finger, finger rabbits, seemingly brave, uh, courageous people, um, have a lot of stuff. They have a lot of stuff that they're dealing with. They have a lot of situations that they have to take care of, people to look after, um, their own fights that they're dealing with, whether it's, you know, it's, it's going to be personal issues, you know, shortcomings, or even like, you know, the, the problems that success brings as well, because that's actually a thing. That's actually a thing. Um, and um, yeah, you know, sometimes you wake up and you're like, I really don't want today to happen. And most of the times you kind of convince yourself that, no, 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 we've got to keep on going. We've got to keep on going. Other times you're like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm ready to tap out. Now, my attempt in tapping out was to do with uh, a lot of pills, a lot of pills and alcohol, a, a good old whiskey, good old bottle of whiskey. It wasn't, wasn't Lafroy or anything decent. It's just some mixed age pap. But still, um, the attempt was there, the ambulance was called, the monitoring happened, the counseling happened, and on I went with life. Now, um, same thing happened there. You know, people who seem to be put together 100% all there, um, you don't know what's happening behind closed doors. And with my mother going over there and having to deal with the aftermath, um, the second I opened the door, I immediately saw the struggle. You know, someone who's immaculate, who would never have anything out of place in their home, who was always home proud. You know, anyone could come over at any moment of the day. 
and the place would be spotless, you know, or as close to spotless sometimes, you know. Things in the kitchen wouldn't be 100%, but at least it shows that the person used the kitchen. So, but that wasn't there. I walked in. When you walk into a space of death, um, movies have kind of um, mentally conditioned us to kind of expect the most horrific situations, you know, the smell of stagnant, just death and mold and decay and maggots and flies and all this kind of stuff. Um, thankfully, in that situation, there was none of that. The, the the flat, you know, everything was still running. Electricity was still running. The air conditioning was still running. Uh, electricity was was all, all on and everything. So all the appliances in the kitchen were still running. Um, and it smelled fine. It smelled like my mom's home. It didn't smell like my home because, you know, I, I, I don't live there. I haven't got a base there. But, you know, it was okay. Um, that there were fruit, fruit flies, you know, that there, there were them um, just because the, the trash hadn't been taken out and there were baby maggots and stuff. But that's nothing you can't get rid of, you know, wipe them away, spray some, some bug spray on them and, and get rid of the trash. And that's the first thing I did. Um, the energy was weird. The energy was angry. The energy was, was tired. The energy was sorry that, you know, it just, it was, it was a whirlpool of energy, whirlpool of energy more than anything else that, that first kind of hit me after, you know, settling into the space. My uncle was there to kind of keep an eye on me and stuff. Um, and yeah, the weeks to follow, you know, I was there, I had, I was at a hotel nearby. My stepfather was amazing and just said, look, you're not staying in an Airbnb, stay in a hotel, you know, a place that covers at least, at least breakfast, you know, so now you're sleeping well. Um, and I can't thank him enough for that. Um, and the rest of my family as well, on my mother's side, you know, everyone stepped in and, and I know full well, I know full well that I had it easy having everyone, you know, support me, um, and just say, you know, what do you need? When do you need it? What's going on? You know, it was both a blessing and a curse. Because <sighs> when you're a spearhead of a situation you don't really know about, it's really hard to have answers. And I'm a person that likes having answers. And if I don't know the answers, I'll go and find them out as quickly as humanly possible. But the problem with this situation is I can't find the answers because there is no guide. There is no Google answers. There is no freaking field manual on how to deal with the aftermath of your mother killing yourself. You know, maybe I'll write one. I, I don't know. Like, I don't even think if I even tried writing one, it would cover the, so the, the, the variables. There's just so many different things um, that you have to consider, you know, uh, from do you need a lawyer? Do you need to open a state? What are the laws behind that? How long do you have to wait for that? da 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 da, da. Um, I'm not going to go into the details of it. Like I've got videos that I've, I filmed and I might put them up on my YouTube channel um, at some point. Um, I'll, I'll share that at some point as well when I decide what I'm going to call it. But um, I went through all the emotions, man. I, I went through a lot of emotions, uh, angry, you know, frustrated, confused, sad, um, completely besides myself a few times, you know, just, just bursting out into tears on my own. Um, it's kind of unfortunate that my partner at the time really wasn't there for me, um, even though I told him exactly how to be there for me. You know, a strong person doesn't really reach out and tell people how to be there for them um, often. But when they do tell you, please, please, please 
do. Do what they ask. Do what they ask, even if it's nonsensical as, you know, please call me and just stay on the phone. Even if I'm quiet, even if I go and do something, just stay on the phone for me, you know, for, for 10 minutes, for 15 minutes. It's just, it's the connection thing that's really required. But he 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 didn't understand that and he couldn't, he, he you know, he wasn't there basically. And that's why he's an ex. But anyway, um, everyone else was super supportive. You know, I, I, I find it really hard to reach out to people, especially people who are close to me, people I would deem friends. Um, I do anything for them, but you know, I don't reach out to people to do stuff for me. Um, but this time I'm just like, you know what? Loneliness killed your mother. Do you really want it to do the same to you? And I'm like, bitch, no. So, uh, yeah, I reached the hell on out and everyone was there for me, which was amazing. Um, and that's what you need to be for anyone who's dealing with any kind of death bereavements or whatever. Um, even just to check in, you know, just, you don't even need to say like coerce them into a conversation. Just be like, Hey, I'm here. If you need me, let me know. Um, otherwise, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm around, I'm around. And even if I, if I, or they, or, you know, if the person who is dealing with a lot of crap doesn't say anything, just keep on checking in with them, you know, send them a funny meme. If that's your language, send them a gif. If that's your language, you know, whatever friendship, uh, language you guys have just kind of embrace that and push that forwards because it's really, really important. So, um, yeah, summarizing that side of things, I was in the States for a month, um, and had to go through all the affairs, try to figure stuff out. I had to try and figure out my brother, my step, not step, God, got such a huge family, my half-brother's kind of situation going forwards um, and getting uh, his father involved and, and that side of the family, which has not been pretty, if I am honest. And then there was the Kenya leg. So I got my mother cremated. It's amazing how much help you get um, from people in the airport when you're like, hey, I'm really tired. My mom's in my backpack. And I don't really want to stand in this line because it's too long. And my flight's in like an hour and 10 minutes. And people realize like, oh, oh, uh, that's a weird way to say that your mom's been cremated. But, you know, that's that that is what it is. And, um, yeah, people were super helpful. Um, and I kind of used my mom's in, in my backpack more as a comedic, comedic, comedic relief um, option for myself because I couldn't really handle it in any other way. So, um, that helped and people, you know, people in the States were, were super accommodating. Um, people in the UK, not so much. They're like, Oh, that's all right. I got my mom on my mantelpiece. I still won't let go of her. I'm like, mate, that's, that's cool. But like, I'm taking my mom home and I've been flying for 18 hours and I would just like to use that pass hallway thing there where there are zero people. I just like to go through there so I can get home as quickly as possible, have a nap, surprise my partner, and then come back here and take another flight out to Kenya. No, 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 no. Had to go queue with everyone else, which is fine. It's fine. You know, people around me were kind of looking at me feeling sorry about the whole situation. Um, I wasn't really paying attention. I had music on, but, uh, yeah. And then, you know, getting into Kenya, same thing. Everyone was just like, you know, Polisana, which is, you know, I'm very sorry. And, you know, really accommodating and understanding, which is great. Oh, and then the Kenya leg. Wow. So, um, 
if you are fully, this microphone keeps on making really weird sounds. I think I've got it in stereo accidentally. So if you have never really been associated with any um, people who have large and very active tribal backgrounds, um, let me be one of the first Taita, I think Luya is my tribe, my other tribe on Taita and Luya, um, human person to introduce you to a brief, very brief um, introduction to the difficulties that you can face with tribal um, politics. So um, my uncle was kind of spearheading the after the Kenyan uh, leg of everything because, you know, my mother is his sister biological, full biological sister. And um, he had to have a lot of chats with the village elders uh, to kind of explain the situation because my mother was divorced. Um, they don't believe in divorce. My mother um, committed suicide. They don't believe in suicide. Uh, and my mother got cremated and that was her wishes. I, I got her cremated because that's what she wished in her suicide note. Um, and I always knew this. this it, we spoke about death a lot um, growing up just to, well, I, I spoke about it and she kind of um, spoke about it too. And um, basically, uh, they don't believe in suicide either. Icarus, get off. They don't believe in suicide either. So, you know, trying to get um, my mother onto the family land. So we have family property. We have a family burial site was difficult. My uncle had to have a lot of meetings with the village elders, a lot of conversations just to try and explain, um, why this is going to happen and why it must happen and the importance of family coming home. And then there was the whole funeral, um, which I found rather stupid, uh, because the woman got cremated. I forgot the biological urn. That's that's one biological biodegradable urn. That's one thing I uh, I wanted her to go back into the ground. You know, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. But I forgot the damn thing. It's actually behind me. The lovely purple prince inspired purple urn uh, is still in my bedroom. But um, yeah, so so her 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 cremated box uh, got put into a casket which was closed. It was a closed casket ceremony, and that casket was put into a cement um, hole in the floor and covered in cement before being covered in soil because zombies. I don't know why. I'm joking. I'm joking. I don't know why, but also, my God, what the hell even is any of this? Like, rituals and stuff is weird, fam. Um, so that, that all happened, and, you know, everyone kind of was there and and a lot of people were crying my cousins were crying and, and various other people aunties and such things and I I was over it man um I spent a month going through my emotions and like I said at the beginning um I've done it I've done what I've, I needed to do I felt what I needed to feel and I I've moved on you know the next the next phase the next stage of things is is what I'm focusing on when I come back home and I need to fix my freaking life because I saw the things I saw the parallels and the shiglet does not want to go the way of her mother <laughs> sorry I don't know what what happened there um so yeah so so that's a whirlwind kind of summary of 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 the suicide that happened on a Monday. And, um, you know, being able to talk about this so openly and so matter of, of factly is really important because I realize 
a lot of people aren't able to do this. Um, now, don't get me wrong. I am still very much with my issues. I'm still very much with my reservations, and, and I need to have a conversation with someone, probably a counselor again, um, in regards to various little kind of things that kind of didn't go so well. And maybe I'll talk about them later. I don't know. Already, this this episode's gone over with my 20-minute kind of um, window but whatever it's it's the first episode of of 100 episodes so of course i'm going to i'm going to go over time because that's what you do that's what you do when you when you intro things um so yeah suicide happens on a monday um and it was my mother this time and um you know she was a strong ass woman she was probably too strong and turned herself into an island um and there's a lot of stuff that can be unpackaged there and a lot of stuff that i see parallels and i need to unpackage with myself and um, the reason I'm sharing this is because, you know, even in times of adversity, even in, in darkest, in the darkest moments that we experience, you know, one thing that's really, really important is the aspect of hope. And uh, this is another section that I want to go into right about now. Now, there's there's a section. Uh, I say a section. There's there's this this audiobook that I saw a friend. Well, I saw the book, the picture, the image posted by a friend of mine called uh, Rog, Rog Law, Roger Lawson, um, virtual friend. You know, I've, I, I don't think I've, I haven't met him in person yet, but it will happen soon. It will happen. Um, awesome dudes from from the fitness world. Um, of things, also a fellow uh, jujitsu person. Um, now, this audiobook saved my ass, for for want of a better for want of a better phrase. It saved my behind mentally, as um, I list I downloaded downloaded it before I left England to go to America, and listened to it. Um, I'm I'm still on chapter five out of how many chapters? Um, nine you know, nine, nine, nine chapters. And it's called Everything is Fucked, um, a book about hope by Mark Manson. I'm a huge fan of his first book, um, which I can't remember, but it's somewhere down here. The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck was his first book. Absolutely loved it. Um, and this one came Indeed, at today, the most perfect time. <laughs> uh, accidentally press play. This one came at the most perfect time. So um, some it, it was a kind of penny dropping moment for me when I heard him talking about, you know, uh, hope, right? And especially the part where he kind of covers when the bubonic plague happened and why religion was so prolific because religion faith and hope, you know, it, it gave people a reason to keep on going. It gave people a reason to wake up tomorrow and to exist, you know. So when the, when the bubonic plague, the black plague was killing everybody. It was killing absolutely everyone. When that was a thing, um, some people still lived on and lived through it and survived and, you know, did, did whatever they did and carried on procreating, clearly. Um, also, you know, in the Second World War, which my stepfather's a survivor of the Holocaust, crazy, totally crazy. Um, 
you know, people in, in concentration camps, they, they, they had hope, right? Hope is huge. And we assume a lot, like we assume a lot and it's in the world of hope, you know, we don't go to bed hoping for tomorrow to happen. We go to bed assuming hope tomorrow will happen, but that's still hope. That's, you know, our subconscious hope, not this kind of, please, sir, please let tomorrow happen, kind of begging hope. It's it's just one of these things that gives us a reason to wake up every morning, gives us a reason to do what we do, gives us a reason to go and think about our health and go, you know, work out or do some activity that moves our bodies, that gives us a reason to kind of get on with everything else, gives us a reason why we we put up with a shitty job um, because that gives us the ability to do a lot of other things in life that we otherwise would, couldn't do, you know? So it's, it's a huge thing. And on the flip side, when all hope is lost, uh, to use a phrase that is, is used quite a lot in various spaces, I, I don't know, when all hope is lost, um, that's when the end happens. You know, there is no reason to wake up. There's no reason to get out of bed. There's no reason to do anything because there is nothing that, that like literally it is the end in our minds. And sometimes people break out of that funk. You know, I've broken out of that funk a few times. My mom's broken out of that funk a few times before, before, you know, she finally gave up and it's not even, it's not even giving up. That's the crazy thing it's a tough choice, you know, when, when everything in the world is going right for you, when everything is trundling on and moving, probably not at a speed that you, you want, but it's the speed that you get and you just have to keep on going because eventually something better will happen. Um, that's a belief and that's a hope. But when you lose that and you're like, that's it, that's my play, that's my time, you know, peace out, then it's a really tough situation um, to, to deal with. It's a really, really tough situation to um, accept, right? Accepting that there is no more hope in your life, accepting that there is nothing left to believe, to live for in your life is tough. It's really, really tough. And no matter how many times people are like, why don't you just reach out? Like when we, when you reach that point, reaching out doesn't exist. Okay. Reaching out is, is it, it's, it, 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 it makes no sense. Like so if, if you're in that hole and it's a hole, it's an almighty hole. All right. Just jumping out of it won't happen. It doesn't matter. You, you can be, um, a Guinness world book holder, record holder, of the highest static jump um, in the world, you can you can be an Olympic high 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 jumper, whatever pole jumper. Um, it doesn't matter when you're in the hole, you are magnetically pulled in there, and you're okay with it because that's where you are, that's who you are, that's what you are in that moment in time, and that's it. Now, if someone comes into that hole and sits next to you and just hears you out, maybe, maybe there's a way to kind of weasel in and, you know, show them where that glimmer of hope is. Because not all hope is lost. There's always a little glimmer somewhere. Um, and I've, I feel, you know, 
only the people who've actually been that low, been down at rock bottom, bottom understands what I mean. When someone comes in and, you know, they open, they, they open to the extreme rawness of situations that they've been in and they hold nothing back, you know, and, and they show you that, hey, I've been in this cesspool where you've been before and I just want you to know I love you and everything's going to be okay. Um, it's really hard. Not many people can do that. Not many people, you know, have, have been down in that cesspool and, and come back up successfully. Um, and if they have, you know, um, they do as much as they can. But again, when when you get in there, a lot of the time, no one else really knows. You know, if you're standing on a train platform and it's game over, like you will be hanging around there because you're not quite in the cesspool yet. You're not quite in the pit yet, but you are so close. You're just, you're on the sides. You're sliding down. It's, it's molasses. It's tar. You're sliding down slowly, but surely it's engulfing you. And some people can see that and save, you know, I don't want to say save, but help that person. Um, realize that what they're doing is a permanent solution to a temporary problem. And it's always, always, always a temporary problem. It doesn't matter if it's a financial situation where you are over your tits in debt. Um, it doesn't matter if the love of your life decided to go cheat on you with a donkey. I don't know, whatever situation that breaks your heart, that breaks your hope, that breaks the the belief that you had of of having an amazing life like it's temporary. We are human. We are so painfully human. We bounce. Okay. We emotionally bounce. We don't shatter. Sometimes we do shatter though. Sometimes we do. Them, them kids are having a seriously loud discussion. I can hear them. Anyway. So, um, in light of all of this, uh, this is, this is going to be a long episode, man. I think we might hit an hour. I have to go to jujitsu in a second. So I'm going to come back. Um, this section's about hope and, you know, people being in that pool. If you have ever said, or if you ever feel the need to tell someone to snap out of it, slap yourself right now. Slap yourself with a book, whatever book you have near you, slap yourself in the face, you silly sausage. That's not how any of this works. Okay. If someone is in a cesspool, you need to understand them. You need to listen to them. You need to hear them, but equally look for the glimmer of light. Look for the glimmer of hope that is in their words, that is in their mannerisms, okay? Because they're not done yet. When they're done, they're dead, okay? Every second they're not done means there's a glimmer somewhere that's keeping them awake, keeping them alive just for a moment longer. So hope is really, really important. Now, um, beyond that, you know, supporting people who have had someone kill themselves, commit suicide, um, is really important and support systems that you can help cultivate, but also you yourself as a, as a, as a, a person who's breathing, um, suicide is super important. And that's going to be the next and final session after I've gone to jujitsu. We're back. I've been to Jujitsu. I did two sessions. Um, I am a broken human being. Uh, being a blue belt means I now have to suffer the world of wrist locks, which is very, very frustrating. Very frustrating. But I digress. So, 
Um, the last section that I said I was going to cover is, of course, uh, support network, support system, support group, support people for those who are dealing uh, or bereft uh, suicide bereavement humans like myself. Um, now, of course, everyone's going to say, you know, are you talking to someone? And you should obviously be talking to someone. Um counselors, psychotherapists, anything of that kind of nature, talk therapy is hugely undervalued and insanely valuable. Um, I have done it for years. Uh, I did it for a profound amount of time when my grandmother passed away and me and my mother had a fight, a physical fight. Um, that kind of screwed me up a lot and a lot of talk therapy, I think it was about 18 months worth of private therapy. Um, basically all my money went to it because you know my my brain was hanging out my ear hole and um it it worked it it worked um so much so you know i kind of felt like i'd, I'd outgrown my 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 psychotherapist which is uh, neither here nor there but um it's important so you know if you're dealing with anything difficult especially if you're dealing with a suicide whether you witnessed it or you know they're close to you and you're feeling that kind of um detachment from the world and things a talk therapist of some description is really really important and i would i would pay for it there is something quite empowering about the fact that you're paying someone to talk to them for an hour or in my case three hours at a time is really 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 um key that you're paying them because you don't feel the guilt the guilt you know you've already got guilt that's kind of breathing down your neck having that kind of guilt on top of that is just you're you're, you're going to be limited and you're, you're not going to say what you need to say um and they can't help you in the way that they can help you so it's really really important um i would pay if you can't afford to pay then obviously you know find what you can in the uk we have the nhs um and i think last time i went on nhs counseling they'll give you an initial six sessions one one a week uh and then they can bump it up i think i had 12 or or 16 i bumped up to 16 at one point because i was not in a good way um so there are options there are options so that's that's the first thing um the second one i i'm i, I was looking at doing but i just can't bring myself to doing it because um i obviously have my preconceived notions about uh groups so talk groups um you know suicide bereavement groups i have a few uh, contact details for those for a few groups in London um, and I just can't bring myself to going to them because it feels like it feels like a step backwards um, if you're any if, if you're of a similar kind of um, disposition I think is the right word if you're if you're of a similar disposition as, as myself you if you're in this situation as well, you will find um, that going to these places, people will be holding on to a past pattern that doesn't serve them going forwards. Um, it might be harsh, harsh thing for me to say. And like I said at the very, very beginning, you know, if as and when the, there's a moment to mourn, there's a moment to feel, there's a moment to sink into feelings and really just kind of let feelings express themselves and i am 110 percent on top of that for it you know I, I randomly cry on buses i randomly cry anywhere and i just let it happen you know try and avoid people seeing it but it happens so 
for me, groups just kind of feel a little bit counterproductive. Um, and it feels like everyone's just wearing their victim shirt and kind of talking about how they feel for the sake of external reassurance and validation. Again, probably harsh words, but that's how I feel about them. Um, but on the flip side, you know, having that space, some, some people enjoy being in a room full of strangers and being able to talk about, you know, what's really, really deep down inside of them, things that they probably would never be able to say to their friends or to their family or, or anyone close to them. So that for for me would be one of the shining points um, that I would I would give me a reason to go. Uh, but I, I I'll talk about whatever to anyone. I mean, this podcast is happening, right? And the way I started it off was pretty in your face. So I I don't particularly mind um, people close to me, people far from me, whatever I I, I say what's on my mind. Um, but that's the attraction of of uh, talk groups. But again, it's talking. Talking is so super, super, super important. Um, and then number three, you know, is is family, friends, um, family and friends. You know, whether you're a virtual friend to someone, a physical friend, um, family, near, family, far, whatever. If if you're around someone who is dealing with, um, you know, a suicide, try and avoid the one thousand questions firing round like that shit's annoying um especially if that person is a spearhead you know the leader the, the front of the pack so far as um picking up the pieces of someone's life after they've left a void you know they're already answering questions they're already asking their own questions and you going in with a gazillion questions doesn't help the situation yes i am talking from experience um my partner my ex-partner didn't know what he needed to do to help me so you know he he in his own weird special way he 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 would ask me a gazillion questions the second i walk in through the door when i came home and i'm just like dude i i know i don't i don't want to answer questions i know you're curious and i know you mean to be you mean you mean to be well you know you're, you're well meaning about it but this isn't helping me this is actually agitating me a lot and i like having answers to things and you asking questions that I can't answer is actually really stressful. Um, so just bear that in mind if you ever have a situation, you know, sometimes questions do um, help, but you need to ask that person what they need. And you need, to, you need to accept whether, you know, if you can give it to them and if, or if you can't give it to them. Obviously, you know, if, they're, if they ask you to go get a knife from the kitchen so they can slit their throat, like, don't do that obviously uh that's when you can talk through it and and you know um again don't start with a gazillion questions just you know lighten the situation kind of um just have a conversation feel feel where they feel uh feel where they're feeling um so there's that but obviously the other side of that not obviously naturally uh, i'm going to say uh would be to ask them what they need you know right now in the situation how can i help you what do you need what can i do yes there are questions but they're different questions they are questions that they can answer because it's of themselves now of course sometimes they can be like i don't know and i find you know asking hey like do you want me to just sit by you 
and we can sit together in, in silence, you know, that's, that's huge. That's a profound thing where someone can just sit next to you and have zero expectations. Like you can be reading a book or whatever. There was this meme a friend sent to me, um, talking about this very situation that I love so much and I sent it to my to my ex-partner just to explain what I needed I just needed someone to sit next to me give me a cuddle you know maybe not give me a cuddle or whatever and you know just just hold a space you know holding space is a, is a phrase that I, I don't know if you've been hearing it a lot I've, I've been hearing it a lot for for a few years now and it's really really true just holding space in a world that's just so noisy is, is so important it's so under under valued well, i don't want to say undermined but it's so undervalued and it's just so powerful um he didn't understand that unfortunately i told him i just needed to sit next to me and, and be quiet and he's like well I, well I want to do more i don't feel like i'm doing enough i'm like you're doing plenty that's literally what I need you to do. Can you not just listen to me and just do what I need you to do or go away? One or the other. Uh, but neither here nor there. So for you, um, if you have someone who's going through a situation, you know, those are three things, actionable things that um, I would definitely keep in mind. If you are someone who is going through the shit, um, those are three aspects that, you know, I think you should keep in mind. Um, as well as as uh, being kind being kind to yourself is really, really important, especially when someone so close to you goes the way that they choose to go. Because um, it's so easy to to place blame, you know. With with my situation, my mother, um, I did speak to her uh, six months beforehand. You know, my my auntie said, "Hey, mum's coming over before she goes down to Kenya and I'm like what she she hates Kenya like this is highly unusual and she's like yeah you should come up um and say hi to her and I'm like if if the tickets are cheap enough then fine but really I, I have nothing to say to her I, I don't need to you know be part of her life or whatever she did what she did and you know it's not cool but whatever but the tickets were cheap so I went over um reconciled as much as I could still had a lot of verbal acid thrown in my face but uh yeah, I did. I did what I said. I set out to do, and her taking her life. I could have easily have blamed myself for it, but I didn't, um, because it wasn't me. It wasn't about me. Suicide isn't about other people, even though people feel like it is. It really isn't about you. Um, so for you to be selfish enough to take it onto yourself is something that you need to address uh, with yourself, because someone going i mean okay fine someone going is is most of the time i'm i'm going to i'm going to change my words a little bit here most of the time it's not about you of course if there's a suicide note and it's all about you then maybe maybe there's some some wiggle room there that we can we can address that but for the most part it's not about you um so the guilt you know you, you need to you need to shake off the guilt as quickly as you can cuz that that will ruin you you know that that will pull you into the cesspool just as much as their whatever difficulties and tiredness that they had pulled them into the cesspool. You don't want to be down there unnecessarily. So um, build a support network, build a web of people who can distract you, who can help you, um, even if you're strong as fuck. Like I'm, I'm a you know tenacious salted caramel space unicorn apparently, according to some 
very very special friends um and uh i have i have support systems networks people you know everyone reaches out and says you know if, if you just want to chat or whatever just reach out and for the most part i take people up on their offers with some people i'm super awkward i just i, I don't know how to ask for help it's a strange phenomenon it's a very strange concept for some people but you know i do have people that i have decided to let close to me because i don't want to die for stupid reasons uh so i'm i'm rambling on now i'm kind of having my post brazilian jiu-jitsu come down and i need to eat and i need to go chill and watch some brainless stuff um i'm i'm watching one punch man um so this is where i kind of sign off and say thank you so much for listening to my first episode of 100 um starting on something very very real very in your face um and with some actionable steps for you to take um on for for you know life things <laughs> and um yeah if you if you want to leave me a message uh think through anchor if you if you're in on anchor you can send me voice messages and stuff wherever you find this um you can also send me an email uh at hi shiggy at shiggy.co.uk so that's hi as in hello hi h-i shiggy s-h-i-g-g-i at shiggy.co.uk one more time h-i-s-h-i-g-g-i at shiggy.co.uk um or if you find me wherever you know if you find me on instagram or you find me on facebook or you find me on the twitters uh you can send me a message a dm whatever and uh we'll have a conversation and if i like it enough i'll probably talk about it in the next episode so uh that's me done and i will see you in episode two okay bye bye Thank you.